to Big Red Couch, the podcast about making role-playing games. A group of GMs and players draw ideas from the mystery box and bring their game pitches to you. Good day, you cuddly couch crustaceans. It's time to listen to The Big Red Couch with Ben and Craig. Don't know why I just wildly veered off into mind-bogglingly creepy children's presenter. It's, well, I guess we're going with that. How are you doing, Craig? I hear it's the apocalypse again. It's totally the apocalypse again. To, to clarify for the, the listeners at home, it is the 8th of January as I record this, and presumably it's the 9th of January as Ben records this, because he is a time traveller. Indeed. We all travel through time. Some of us just do it sooner. Hmm. Wait. Um, or under a, a dating system that has been suggested, and which I quite like, it is... December the 39th, 2020. <laughs> right. We ditched the year zero thing and we just keep spawning out. Yeah, we just keep spawning extra uh, extra days in December until something that feels 2021 worthy happens. This is going to take a while. Yeah. I'm not sure if I can count this high. Got to be honest. Mm. Calendar's starting to look a little weird. Anyway. Yes. Cool. Yes, so the apocalypse has happened. And continues to. The United Kingdom is under full lockdown. Various events have occurred in the United States. And it's not to. It's not that we portray ourselves as being apolitical. It's just that there is too much to talk about. And we're trying to do a fun show about making. Or not making. Which is an important distinction, I guess. <laughs> silly role playing games. Hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I have one and only one thing to say about the the, the the events in the US. As somebody who has consumed an enormous amount of American media over the years, I am deeply disappointed in the fact that somewhere in, in, in that building, there was not a button they could press that would just lower steel shutters, raise, you know, raise hidden barricades, deploy laser-firing sharks... I feel that we, as media consumers, were owed that much. Also, there's apparently what the senators thought would happen, and now people are asking what happened to the was it $700 billion they gave to the Defence Department last year, because it's starting to look like they've been, um, they've been shortchanged. I mean, also, people, the, 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 apparently the computers and the, um, the officers didn't auto-lock their screens, which is a level of IT security that... I think we abandoned sometime in the 90s. So, uh. I mean, my laptop automatically locks its screen, and I work from home. Mm-hmm. There have been a grand total of six people other than, than me in this room in the last 12 months. Not all at the same time. Yeah, and that's not even counting the people you talk to around even there. Oh, you mean imaginary Jimmy? Yeah. <laughs> oh, what a scamp. Indeed. So, yes, that's, uh, yeah, <laughs> I was wondering if you were going to start talking about the Chicago World's Exposition of 1920 or whatever it was. When you'd like to see the events in America. I was like, oh, just an event. Unconnected yeah. from anything just, else. But just you're so disappointed. <laughs> I mean, I love the idea that years from now, somebody is going to listen to this, this episode. I mean, for a start, that's hilarious to think of, but anyway. Um, 
not have a clue what we're referring to and might actually go and look it up to try to figure out what the event we're talking about is. Indeed, indeed. It's like the um, Ice T's Perfect Day song where they figured out exactly what day it was based on. Oh, uh, Ice T or Ice Cube? Ice Cube? No, Ice Cube, you're right. Yeah, Ice Cube. Yeah, the, 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 the good day day. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I think I got confused with Perfect Day, which is definitely not a rap song. So that, that's my cultural uh, um, credentials. To, to, to be wash. fair, I mean, I I would be interested in hearing what Ice-T could do to that song. Yeah. Just throwing it out there. Mm. I wouldn't object, to be fair. Yeah, maybe Ice-T and Body Count? That could work. So, okay, indeed, could be... indeed. So i got to say, so, we're, so just, to, just to make it clear, we're very... Very disappointed in President Q Sharman's reaction to the entire Mars situation. And, you know, we expected better. Yeah, really did. <laughs> At the very least, a bunch of, well, I was going to say James Bondy, but that's the wrong side of the, um, wrong side of the Atlantic. What, what is the equivalent for, like, cool spy gadgets in sort of, um, it's still Max Smart. It's still Ma- Maxwell Smart. Maxwell Smart. Okay, yeah. so, so Ma- Maxwell Smart-esque. More the movie than the TV show, maybe? Gadgetry. Get get on that. Also, in a a, a futile attempt to keep the the Christmas spirit alive and well, um, uh, at least within my flat, I would like to point out that uh, I am sitting illuminated by some Christmas lights in one corner and a string of those little LED lights that you put in a bottle uh, in the other, just to to try to create some ambience within the recording kitchen. Wildly, dis- wildly disturbed that there is a particular kind of LED lights you put on a bottle thing. Uh, could a cork, basically a string of tiny little lights, uh, sort of with a battery and a cork. These are USB rechargeable. Mm-hmm. Um, also, the bottle is a bottle of uh, Belvedere. There, there's like an entire, like, municipal district somewhere in China that makes just those things, <laughs> which is possibly one of the indications that our world is doomed and. This is all yep. inevitable. <sighs> well, I went with the rechargeables because I noticed that I could purchase multi-packs of these sort of strings of lights with, with battery in cork. And they usually came with about 30 extra batteries, which I think gives you a solid indication of what the battery life is going to be like. Yes, yes, it does. <laughs> Indeed. Um, whereas well. the USB ones I'm actually pretty happy with. It's quite fun. And that ends my product placement. Jeff Bezos, I want my monies. <laughs> yeah yeah um so now we're all feeling good and crabby i see what you did there it, it it would be shocking if you hadn't i guess we will introduce our episode prompt for big red couch 153 which is a weird looking number i don't trust it which is four kilometers of imitation crab and we don't remember where this came from. It just one of those things. I, I remember where it came from. Okay, it's my fault, and the fault of irresponsible friends uh-huh. who know who you are, who allowed me to watch weird how it's made television programming at their place. It was a thing on the manufacture of crab sticks, which contained no crab, and I think it was basically just to do with how what length of crab stick they produce in a day. Right, so linear feet of in metric uh, of crab. Yeah, I think it was in a day. It could have been like per hour or something. It was. <laughs> it was mildly insane. Per, per minute, it's per minute. They're extruding four kilometers of this per minute. 
Uh, in a factory in China. I, I don't. I, where am I going? It's just basically a crab stick rail gun. <laughs> it's just yeah, it, it it comes in a spiral. It's it, it it's like that red strap licorice, only much worse. <laughs> oh goodness, that is uh, horrifying. I mean, now I'm just imagining. There was that. There's the 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 red licorice with the core of sherbet that. Mm. Could it makes it taste like you're being stabbed in the jaw? I'm just imagining that, oh, that with a stuff. core of crab stick. <laughs> oh, wow! Oh, well, I now don't love that stuff anymore. <laughs> yeah. I guess that's probably good for my health. But uh, <laughs> fuck you, Craig. <laughs> <sighs> you, you, you'll get over it. You're resourceful. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the lure of stuff that is almost certainly eating your teeth away will um, will take over. Mm, mm, that's true that's true it's the siren call of sucrose and whatever the hell that number represents in um, food additives molybdenum maybe manganese hazy other details (laughs) (laughs) arsenic possibly Um, so we actually have a bumper crop of or in fact no let's go let's go with that yeah we actually have an amazing catch an entire crab pot but that's a nice <laughs> of, of content. Oh, no. Sorry, some of it vaguely reference. <laughs> crab bucket, crab pots are um, another metaphor which we probably don't want to get to. <laughs> yeah, some of which may actually be relevant to this prompt, and the rest of it is relevant to other prompts. Hmm. We hope. So, um, Ben, do you want to do you want to kick us kick yeah, us off? Kick- sure, sure. I had, I had, I, I'm 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 doing the thing that you know the game designers, well, actual. No, game designers, because I'm not going to claim to be a game designer, do. I have hacked one of my own ideas from a previous game. You nice. Recall, you recall my particularly silly idea for Power Drift? The racing iceberg simulation? Rem- oh, wait, you're racing an... Is this racing an ice? A block of racing ice. Racing an iceberg, a block of ice down Olympus Mons or something? Yes, down a, a very, very shallow sort of shield volcano on a, on, a, on a relatively low gravity planet and customizing and, and making alterations and making detours as you go to, um, to, to be the first to the bottom and hopefully not also explode into a um, shower of ice chunks when you, when you get to the slightly, um, crustier spots down down the slope <laughs> ew so you've been inspired by yourself i have i have or i'm just um plagiarizing off my own my own weak ass so could go either way so in so uh, i believe i've seen the, the the very first few lines of john's suggestion which will be coming later and i had very much the same thought it's like four kilometers four kilometers is either very long or very wide and I was imagining, okay, so what if that was the area? What if we're talking at about a a crab that was like two kilometers across? That's exciting. Nightmare-inducing, but exciting. Why would you have something that big? What sort of environment would it live in? I came up with the idea that there is a, a, a civilization on an exoplanet somewhere. The local star has gone bananas and is showering the place with all sorts of exotic radiation and so forth making the surface practically unlivable there were nice big techno cities reaching up into the sky at some point but now they're just kind of rusted pitted severely radiation damaged structures and everyone is basically hunkering down in the in the the lower levels of these cities the planet's got a pretty good 
pretty good oceans, and underneath the water is relatively safe. The top's boiling a little bit, but unfortunately between these cities, because of the, you know, the, the, the reduction in the, the um, evaporation that's come off, there, there are stretches of, long stretches of what could charitably be called a beach. And what, as the resources in the cities dwindle and things become more precarious, the inhabitants decide they have to cross these long stretches of what could generously be called sand and escape to the relatively safe and bountiful oceans, which, you know, will be good for a couple of, you know, a couple of hundred thousand years anyway, before they all evaporate away. To do so, to, to survive what they call the crash, they've constructed fuck-off big decapod walking machines, like almost miniature cities of their own right, constructed out of the, 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 the materials from their giant glistening techno-utopias. And crack teams of these people have been designing, putting them together. It's all pretty ad hoc, but the leaders of the various departments who have assembled these things together are in charge of driving these these massive mechanical things across the, these this radioactive, slightly glassed over, strewn with the failed or partially, partially failed wreckages of previous attempts. Because you just don't want to get too close to the um, the actual surface because it's now radioactive and hot. You want something that is uh, capable of getting over all sorts of obstacles. So, in, and as we've seen in parallel evolution, crab-shaped things are pretty successful, or at least as far as they come from lobster-shaped things. Yeah. Hopefully relatively few things that aren't lobster-shaped turn into crabs, we hope. <laughs> and so the game is about the, the, the story of a, a, a unit of these people representing the different departments. They've come up scavenging from the, the city, constructed their own gargantuan armoured escape vehicle. The, the thing, it has to be, be well-armoured, because not just is the, the environment inhospitable, there is something out there hunting anything that moves across these beaches. I'm thinking the way that uh, seabirds prey on... The, the tiny baby turtles scuttling down the beach to the water. Mm. And I was immediately reco- recalled the name of the um, sort of Arctic Antarctic seabird skewer, because they're, they're a fun bunch. They uh, particularly harass other seabirds into either dropping or throwing up their catch midair and then securing it thereafter. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're what the uh, Terry Pratchett um, based the scabies on. Or whatever. Yeah, the, sca- yeah. the, 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 the skelbies. Sort of skelbies, a, yes. A, a, a skelbie would eat things that would make a vulture sick. A skelbie would eat vulture sick. Yeah, yeah. They're 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 an obstreperous bunch of seabirds. I'm not sure what exactly threatens a four kilometer area armored crab tank, but it's either you know one of those terrifying Soriama chrome pterodactyls or something is actually sort of that launched from orbit. Mm. So. As in with the, the, the very undefined power drift system, the idea is that your your team operates various stations and as they you know, as they as they carry out this this this, this desperate trek, probably only takes like two hours, but it is fraught with terrain obstacles and mechanical problems and the occasional terrifying bird monster trying to tear the uh, tear the armored carapace off your vehicle. So Lots going on, lots of, lots of desperation kind of stuff. The idea that you make choices about basically which which things to sacrifice or which things to choices to make based on your history back in the the crumbling city and the um, 
the, the, the relationships that you establish there. So make it very much about the relationships between the people driving the, the, the crab monster. Actually sort of building into those sorts of things. And yeah, so the so there's lots of obstacles that can come up, there's lots of ways of getting around them, but you will say take a hit to the arm or, or lose one of the legs and so forth. And each thing will slowly reduce your resources and make the uh, make each challenge build upon the last. And but hopefully the uh, you work together and you you refer back to the things that happened in your probably retroactively probably say you build these this, this as you go so the, the flash you use flashbacks mm. as a way of building these sorts of things and the idea is hopefully that you can you know without sacrificing too many of your uh, your passengers or being being either you know stranded or having all your all of your your crab legs torn off or the plate or the 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 vehicle being too leaky to um submerge and uh, escape to safety you oh. can succeed over um you can you can succeed and survive do you detour to pinch stuff from the carcass of a previous machine oh yeah even better yep yep all those sorts of all those sorts of possibilities do you plunge into the ravine to to avoid to avoid the attention of the the skewers or do you um do you just sprint across the open terrain all sorts of choices like that based on the things that that you encounter so yeah very cool so yeah any any notes i'm still sort of mulling it over a bit within within, within my own brain meets mm. i i like the calling back to the history sort of history within the cities that, that it's not just it's not just a con game of manual stations and and solve the problems that yeah, there should be. I mean, you've mm. already called, you, you've already called a lot of the, the, this out. Yeah, there should be relationships between the players, the, uh, or between the player characters. They should affect things. And the idea might be to say that okay, say the 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 leg engineer, leg engineer, and the power guy had a had a problem to solve. They had a conflict in this previously when they designed it, but they resolved. How did they resolve it? And but the, the the assumption is they did resolve it, mm. so you play out what that what that that stressor was. But they came together because you're you're not you're you're not playing the the the, fir- the first poor chumps who who tried to use like inflated tires and you know got two hundred meters and just boiled. Um, mm. Yeah, you're playing people who who understand what's going on here. They've 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 been maybe an entire generation of people doing this this desperate trick. And people know what it's all about, and you people, and you've been brought up to these, these this particular expectation. So you are the best people to solve these problems. Yeah, you're going. Yeah, they're going to make it, or at least most of them are going to make it. It's just a question of what happens along the way. And depending on how you wanted to do it, in an odd way, it puts me in mind of a zombie world. Yeah, to a degree. Hmm. Um, that specific the escalation. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the escalation and the because um, I mean the, the the bit in particular is that the the sort of the the the, the secret relations between characters, which at least the one time I played that game was based entirely on where you were seated around the table. That's mm, as good as any. Yep, uh, which it works fantastically for a con game. Yep, I'd do it between the different stations, the different so that would mm. be. So that would be the one other thing, but yeah, no, that, that makes perfect sense. 
Um, and uh, that one also has the has has the mechanic of um, this sort of this thing that is known about you to everyone, and there's this thing that is known about you only to you. There is an advantage to revealing that at the right time. Hmm. That Absolutely. would be in this circumstance a fun mechanic. Yeah, and it, it, it encourages sharing of stuff about your character and not sitting sitting on your hat going. No hat, where are I? Mm. Yeah, being the ninja who has spent 47 um, uh, sessions of the game hiding from the party. Yeah, has been there along the way and nobody's ever seen them kind of thing. Yes. Or the person who is a secret ninja that keeps doing these ninja things. But no, because they're such a good ninja, no one ever sees them do the ninja things. And it's therefore, it, it just becomes awkward. Everyone knows they're a ninja, but no one can say anything about it. <laughs> I think I may have tried to do that in a D&D game, but I was shit at it, so it didn't work very well. Oh, I have a story that I will unpack at one point about that sort of that, but I'll... I'll... It's not the, the the one reason I went off Dungeons & Dragons, but I kind it kind of did mean I went off <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm not culture. saying it put me off Dungeon, yeah, Dungeons & Dragons, but it kind of put me off Dungeons & Dragons. Uh, it put me off the culture more mm. than anything. There was a, there's, a, there's a couple of stories. One day I will unpack my 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 giant list of grievances. I, that would be a brilliant episode for some other time. Giant list of giant grievances. List of grievances. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I I like this. This is. I can see this getting quite tense. I can see. Yep. Yep. You you really want the character the, the inter character. You're not quite wind up the characters and point them at each other, but oh, it's definitely got to be. You solve a problem, and you take a hit. But you, mm. it's it's deciding deciding how you take the hit. Especially, I think the 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 mechanics. If there is a if there's a test of any sort, a success will means okay, we lose a chunk. Of, it will make you make a decision. We, okay, we lose a chunk of arm this time. We armor our armor is pretty good right now. So you know you you take the corner, but you know it knocks off a bit of the carapace as we go. You know successfully get around this this edge. But we, you choose. And when you don't, it's either random or basically the worst thing. <laughs> so, mm. yeah. So, yeah, make it, so make it as, as like, and, and of course, there should be somewhere where you say, okay, um, something else that I value, something the character should, there should always, there's always like a, a chit you can say, right, okay, at this particular thing, we are trying to escape with functionally the, the, our, our, our library, the, the the all of the cultural artifacts and this character's particularly attached to these things. It's like, okay, my character screwed up. As a consequence, the skewer's bill goes straight through the um, the literature section, and you know the horrifying atmosphere and 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 damage destroys bunches of our um, of our culture and history. Nice. Yeah. So it's so you have ways of, I mean. You, you need to math it out. Like, apparently, this is the problem. With my game is, is that I, I, I really want to make sure that while the game, the playing the game, shouldn't really be something that's very optimizable, because the selection should all have consequences. Rather than, well, we all just we take our hits on the armor every time, and if we don't, we we, we deal with it. We I don't want it to be that easy, but that means you've got to work that into the mechanics beforehand, which is not not straightforward and actually involves a doofus like me doing maths so which is probably why i'm never going to get past that first idea stage yeah, unless you can figure out a way to avoid the maths entirely which um 
many people have made successful careers based on. Yeah, true, true, fair enough. Mostly economists, but... <laughs> um, <laughs> and the idea that you can always go... I mean, the ultimate the ultimate chip, of course, just as in the Sarks back, definitely to the one game I played and thoroughly enjoyed of zombie cinema. And also the game I played of, was it Mission to Mars or Journey to Mars? Some sort of thing. The last chip that you play would be your character's life. Like they, they, they throw themselves into the reactor room to make that, that, that final, to close that valve and make sure that, you know, everyone else survives. But it would have that same sort of, we are we are a team of people with a job to do, and if that that is currently our sole purpose, but everything has led up to that. So yeah, kind of a, a cockershell heroes kind of. Not that I've seen that that movie for damn near thirty years, but I will never quite forget the that that particular war movie where the you have the uh, the the two survivors marching along, bedraggled and but proud that they had accomplished their goal and the, with the shades of their uh, comrades marching along with them. Ah, huh. I've never actually seen it. So. It's, it's, it's one of those things of where, okay, we're, we're dropping by the lines to do the thing we absolutely have to do, and we're a bunch of quirky, you know, bravos, and we've got our... We, 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 we know where we have conflicts and we get, in, and we get stuck in, and it's a classic war flick and a lot of people die. Yeah. It's a. It was. It was one of those. This was what was good about the character of folks from the uh, Greatest Generation. <laughs> Less about what was not great, but <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Uh, and unfortunately, I have to ruin it all because I've given already given it a name. So you called that I I gave the the process or the endeavor a a, a, a name already. Uh yes yes this this was mentioned you've given given the thingy a name. The, uh, the the actual journey across the uh, horrible beach. In fact, your inspiration from your time in Perth and the fact that Perth isn't just an entire like sloping sand dune <laughs> is, is also mild inspiration. So you can take take that away. You definitely get a credit. Okay. But the the process of traversing is called crash, and so the game is going to be called Crash Stations. Wait for it. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you. Straight <laughs> right. to hell. That's it. Big Red Couch, <laughs> final episode one five three. Thank you, everybody, and good night. Right. Okay. Hang on. Let me just um. Just. Yeah, you're just driving me to drink here. <laughs> so yes. Why is it an empty vodka bottle that I've got the lights in? Why couldn't it be a full vodka bottle? Because then it could drink enough and probably kill the brain cell that's keeping that pun. Uh, Wow. I don't know why I get more of a sense of pride for completely undercutting and ruining that idea the more uh, than I get for the idea. I think because you knew how much pain it was going to cause me. Oh, it, it's it's my it it, it yeah, <laughs> it's your bliss. <laughs> Sadly, I yeah um, I don't know quite what's wrong with me, but I'm sure someone will figure it out. <laughs> right, Future so, generations, yeah, indeed, indeed. This is preserved in some glittering monolith as part of the the uh, surviving recordings of humanity. 
Yes. And they're still trying to work out why Q Shaman is the, the is the forty fifth uh, president. <laughs> wow, that was a terrible pun. A crabby dog story? No, that's not quite right. Um. Yeah. <laughs> crabby dog story just puts me in mind of I think the first transformation of the creature from the thing. Ooh, yeah. That's it's more so spidery, but you get the idea. It, 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 it's, it has that general arachnid reaction. The, the thing yeah. where you go, oh, fuck, that thing has too many legs. <laughs> yeah, nothing needs that many legs. <laughs> Indeed. So, what was your idea, Craig? Now I've completely binned the tone. <laughs> oh, mine. Uh, mine is based on the fact that many years ago, I was in a circumstance where I could watch terrible late-night Discovery Channel uh, from my bed when I couldn't sleep. It should be pointed out that this doesn't actually help the sleeping process, but that's just what was going on. And so I ended up seeing a number of episodes, or parts thereof, of the show uh, The Deadliest Catch, which is, it turns out, like 16 seasons of the damn thing. It's incredible. Indeed. Yeah, it's reality TV, but it's like literally dangerous reality TV. (laughs) Yeah. It's not just a house full of drunken, overly tanned people. Mm. It's suspiciously suspiciously even teeth. (laughs) Except for that one guy, and they kicked him out. Well, of course. Yeah. Didn't, didn't, yeah, wasn't that for tooth code? Where's this bit going? Uh, So, yes, I, I was put in mind of that. Primarily because I was just thinking of you know, imitation crab and sort of why would somebody build a fake crab? What what's what's going on there? And so this basically ended up as a horror game. In my head, I'm thinking of it as a a, a horror one shot, possibly for a convention um, or, or something, something of that ilk. You could probably make it go longer if you if you wanted to, but. I think it would probably work as a, a, a horror one-shot where the players are the the the, the, the character yeah the the player characters are captains slash crew probably heads heads of function as it were on on various crab fishing boats out in the appallingly dangerous crab fishing cold and dangerous and and is actively trying to kill you crab fishing. Um, uh, parts of the world, um, mm-hmm. parts of the ocean, yep. for, I won't say comedy relief, but for, for variety, possibly you, or in fact, ideally, you include the Deadliest Catch show itself. So in addition to the actual crabbing people and keeping the damn boat running people, you've also got film crew. They're out there, they're doing their thing. One of the, yeah, one, one, one of the new hires who is in the process of just sort of going through the catch and basically flinging everything that isn't the one, yeah, the one sort of crab that they want, basically holds up something that it kind of looks like the sort of crab they want. It also kind of doesn't, and it just doesn't look right. How not right are we talking here? Are we talking like it's it's like a cool white ceramic and has red eyes, or is it just I'm, weird? I'm thinking, I, I was initially thinking that, but then I was thinking, you know, it's things like, it has an yeah. It has an extra leg on one side, or mm. you know, it's got features from two or three different crab species in the same crab. Right. 
And yeah, you might find one mutant crab, but they find more of these things and different of these things. I mean, they're not right, but they are... It's like somebody tried to make a crab, but wasn't 100% sure which way to go. And so just sort of tried to combine everything crabby that it found and maybe didn't pay that much attention to how many legs there were. I'm sure there was like a like a kit set assemble a creature kind of thing. I was like the like a Kenna toy, but it was like with insect parts. And yeah, mm. somebody says so like a a collection of uh, uh, like big handfuls of those, just putting together like basically decapod shaped things and and flinging them out into the world. So Indeed. Hmm. Okay. So that's the setup. Yeah, that happens, and then a call comes in over the radio from one of the other boats saying, "Hey." Has anybody else started spotting these weird crabs? And to get in that four kilometers, basically, after bouncing the message around through the various um, through the various boats, sort of running their lines of of of, of crab pots, they determine that there's about a four kilometer radius of the areas where they've got these weird crabs, and there's more of them towards the center than there is towards the edge. Hmm. And yeah, I'm thinking flat-out horror scenario. So the, these things, if somebody breaks one open, it's biological, but it's not a crab. Hmm. I figure they're probably tougher than an actual crab is. They're probably a great deal more malicious than an actual crab is. Yes, maybe the fact that they spotted us rather than there being a, a, a pot full of um, crustaceans attempting to, to clamber out and... and you know, the crab pot metaphor is, you know, that generally if the, if the, because they, the, the way that they behave, if one tries to mostly get out, the others are, are probably trying to cling onto it and it fails mm. because they're all, the, 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 the opposite would be if one just sort of sitting in there cheerfully eating the rest, despite it looking kind of like them. <laughs> yeah. Or is actually making some inroads in cutting the pot. Mm, mm, yeah. This kind of thing. But basically it's effectively a, you've got a bunch of people. They've got a problem. The problem is clearly spreading, and now that problem is aware of them. Mm. It, yeah, it now knows that they know. And, I mean, the vibe I would want to go for is somewhere between the thing and battleship. Definitely not the abyss. In, in an ideal circumstance, if you, could, if you could make it work and you were willing to go with, with sort of core horror... I haven't really decided what the hell the thing that's causing it is. Now, I quite like the idea that, um, depending on how you want uh, how you want to do it, that you know the epicenter is is where this other you know this this fishing boat went down last season. Hmm. Nobody know, really knows what happened um, happened to it. Well, they ran into whatever whatever caused this. Almost managed to destroy it, but it took the ship down um, in the process and has been quietly spreading out ever since this is the opportunity to to set it right um i also rather like the idea of sometime o- over the course of the game it's going to figure out how to duplicate people mm, absolutely so um, like, uh, i haven't the, the manga parasite or something like that the horrible munged together was apparently a parasite or yeah I think Virus was the comic and movie from... There was a Western one, but... Seemed I think I saw like a similar... Virus. Hmm. Donald Sutherland? Possibly. If if you could do it, and I'm hazy on exactly how the mechanic would work, 
I like the idea of having of be, basically having at some point having the, the the characters having a conversation and then it turning out that one of them has actually been a duplicate when the real one walks in. Ooh, that would be interesting. Yeah, thingifying it to that degree would be Yeah, quite how you do that. Focus. Yeah. Quite how you do that, I'm not sure. I'm I'm kind of liking the idea that you basically hand out sort of I don't know, hand out sort of a folded over card to it to everybody. I think there would be a what it is a suspicion or trust mechanic to a degree. Mm. There was a not great but okay video game based on the thing, and depending of of if you kept your your teammates in sight, except for the bits where it cheated and it hard coded some stuff, you could have re relatively sure, but also they would be getting stressed out, and you could prove that you weren't a um, infected by doing a blood test on yourself and so forth. But the, 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 the stress mechanics meant that the higher, the higher likelihood of either of these two things being high was if they're acting weirdly, either because they might be the monster or they think you might be the monster. Eventually you get up to the point where, well, one of you's the monster <laughs> and in a one <clears throat> single player video game, obviously it's them, but in a two player thing it was like, Oh, I was the monster all along. I went. I was out of sight, or something like that. This is, and you figure out what happened, retra- uh, sort of semi-retroactively. So that that would be a possible way of doing it. Yeah, I probably I probably wouldn't go with the option of okay, and this person having been revealed as the monster is is out of the picture. I would probably go with more of a just a, a swap. Yeah, yeah. The monster. Yeah, the monster has duplicated this. Or yeah, the yeah, the monsters have duplicated a person. They're trying to accomplish their um, their goals, but that doesn't mean they've taken the original out of the picture. Mm, They're just mm. trying not to run into them. They've distracted them somehow. And... Yeah. yeah, I mean, you can have a great deal of fun because you know, if you've got multiple boats out there, and yeah, you know, I, I would do this as one hundred percent. Yeah, the classic the classic horror scenario of no, you, you cannot run away from this, and the storm is sufficiently bad because I do like the idea of this happening. At night, in shitty weather, it is raining. There are waves taller than the boat. You know, it's an awful environment to be in. Nobody can get to you, and you can't get out. There's a couple of points of nuance that I might add: is that you, the idea that maybe their fisher folk know something is amiss, and they've got a team of scientists to try and help them figure out that what's going on, which is how they discover it's a, you know, it's, it's a, they've pinpointed the location because the Ooh, scientists nice. are coordinating what's 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 happening um it's entirely possible hush cat hush (sighs) hello she is so loud and disgruntled me and now she's just grumpy man now yes i know you're not accomplishing anything by yelling at me she's giving attention and that is what cats crave it is apparently so is this the i want breakfast i want a lap she doesn't know what she's wants. She's old and confused. And oh. she just wanders around yelling sometimes. <laughs> I, it, is, I, it is a form of dementia as far as we can tell. Because normally she shuts up when she can see us. But this is... Uh, so she, she wandered into the room, yelled at you, and then walked out oh, again. Oh, no, that was yelling. her in the corridor. That was, a oh, behind, right. that was behind a door. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> What happens if you let her in? Does she like to... to... No, she doesn't want to come in. She just wants to yell. Occasionally she'll... 
it's the thing. It's not like it's it's like where are you? Where are you? oh there you are. And occasionally it's like okay, it's cool now. But then yeah, it's just all it's all very confusing. Oh, poor old thing. Ah, uh, cats. She is. She is. She. <laughs> she didn't have like a whole bag of marbles to start with, and yeah. This is. Uh, this is just continued. Um, <laughs> sorry, what I get up to is uh, relating the possibility of having scientists on board, which is how they track the mm. epicenter. Yeah, yeah, and, and so they're, they're they're coordinating, but also the idea that the scientists might be even been involved in whatever caused it. And having <laughs> strange people on these boats mean that suddenly it's like, ah, oh, these, these, okay, some of them aren't, some of the, the fisher folk aren't as keen about science being there. They're begrudgingly going along with it. So there is this culture clash there as well. But, you know, it's their best chance of figuring out what's going on, even if it's possibly because they've just invited the people who created the all-consuming crab swarm accidentally or have been researching it for years and, and managed to... Um, activate in its present present state or something like that or maybe they're just not telling them because they want to weaponize it for the corporation or something i don't know uh, all the classics um and we're back at aliens it, it's inevitable <laughs> um <laughs> the other thing was that i had actually recently i now realize that a one-page rpg called the cod war and it has stations of various things i wasn't impressed at its its depth i mean it's a one-page rpg but it's like kind of like you need to catch fish. Here's how you try and catch fish. Sometimes the Icelandic Navy will try and mock shell you, and sometimes they will actually shell you. Um, it's a little bit, it's a little bit sparse for, and and didn't have much of the the cultural background. I mean, sometimes you don't have that in, in an RPG, but it's like eh, not everyone knows about the Great Cod War. Yeah, and you're basing it on an actual historical incident. A few notes might be nice. Yeah. It, it, Maybe I'm being cruel, but we'll we'll we'll, we'll give them the um, the props anyway for. Um, uh, well, maybe they can catch the next one. I wish I was joking. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Uh, there'll be Vikings all over the place before I know. It'll be Lindisfarne all over again. Um, <laughs> oh, it worked out fine. The last. Oh no! Wait. Okay. It eventually worked itself out over hundreds of years of cultural exchange and axes. Sure. <laughs> cultural exchange with axes. That That is a kind of cultural exchange, yes. Sending somebody down the road to axe for a cup of sugar. They've got nothing here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. No, no, I like that. It's, it's yeah, like a sinister... The, yes, the, 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 the even, dead, even, even more deadliest catch. But with the extra helpings of paranoia and yeah. um, the malevolent catch, the malevolent catch. I, yes, it's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. The 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 idea of having a a retrospective thingification that sounds like a really exciting challenge. It's like, yes, I've been doing all these things and I've been helping and I've been really nice and but you 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 left me because you want to have stuff going on so people can't all be in the same place. This would it actually it, it actually it's it's very among uh, among us. Maybe that that yeah that would be the kind of thing you'd have a map of the the ships. Maybe it's possibly the idea would be it would be ideal to have the research vessel being a bit bigger, so you could have people in different places, different stations. They need to be doing things. And, you know, they are, <laughs> these are pretty big ships. But, fair, yeah. I mean, like I say, I shun the ocean and all its terrors. Um, I, I'm very very <laughs> clear about this. <laughs> 
I mean, you also shun travel and the existence of the world outside of New Zealand, to be fair. Uh, I don't, don't, okay, shun is, shun is appropriate. I don't disavow it. Yeah, you, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you abjure it? No, wait, that's even worse. Um, <laughs> I conjure it? No, no, that's a different. Yes. It's a completely different school of magic. What's going mm. on here? Mm. Yes. Um, but yes, the idea that, yeah, it, 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 but yeah, if you've got, spooky science stuff to to draw people away from from other people's um sight and you could even have like the equivalent of the observation room where you could see different parts of the ship and you know ah right i know mm. that where everyone was at this point and yeah you could just basically in the course of having to do all the things to figure out what the mystery is you're kind of accruing oh such and such has been by themselves in the laboratory for a very long time what could be going on depending on how you wanted to do it you could either go with Every every new time that your character is somewhere unobserved by anybody, you take a token. And you, what's more, you take the token, your token off the board. Um, maybe not. Ah, oh, it would be interesting to figure that one out. That would be, yeah. be kind of cool. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. It's like okay, and in, in my turn, I'm doing science stuff. No one's here. No one's gone there. No one. No one. No one checked on me. I, you take a token, and basically, you're you're. But if you say, "Ah, I've found a revelation," which is obviously means I'm not one of the cra- one of the, the the crab people, you 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 cash them in to do something. So yeah, the like the suspicion tokens are what you cash in, but possibly yeah, e- even you may overachieve and end up you know basically saying, "Oh yes, I've I have unveiled the mystery of one of the, you know how the how the crabs have so many legs." And it's like, wait a minute, how could you possibly know that if you weren't also a crab? Yeah. Ha-ha. So not yeah. not so much an ex an, an accusation system as in a more like the the succeeding too much mechanic from Teenage from Outer Space, but not as oh, funny. I love that mechanic. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, not 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 anywhere near as funny. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the thing I'd want to avoid is the circumstance where a player basically gets taken out of the oh, game. Yeah. Absolutely, that's the baseline. That's no fun. For baseline it. accepted on the side. Don't don't worry about that. Yeah. I mean, if the the people find them in like, I was like, oh such and such as a crab monster and they deal with that and they go and they they rush back to the thing and they find them but um like sealed into a locker or something and they they break their and say okay you okay but maybe that's also a replacement oh but yeah. um yeah the idea that you never you never take them out permanently <clears throat> and maybe you, you you as the player advance the game by learning something and you but you can also say you can also say but wait a second when you did this was that actually helping the keeping track of the the actions and what you've done will probably need a bit of a mechanical component as well, but mm, still pretty pretty impressive. I like it. Mm. Cheers. Mm. And also, we have an idea from John from the MeWe uh, forums, and here's his idea for four kilometers of imitation crap. Oi, that's a tough one. Four kilometers or four square kilometers? Neither one would be fun after an hour. <laughs> so let's go. So let's go with a fun idea then. News reports are coming in from a beach in northern Australia. A four-kilometer slab of imitation crab washed up on the shore. This massive hunk of processed pork is four kilometers long by 300 meters wide and 200 meters tall. The outside is going through the early stages of decay and the smell is monstrous. The only way to approach the slab is in a hazmat suit with its own air supply. Calls taken from deep within the slab indicate the flesh is still edible inside, but not for long. There is an environmental catastrophe as every scavenger in the region has shown up for a feast of rotting fish flesh. 
The players are members of a crack team of, of the Australian Super Science Organization. It's their job to find out where this colossal slab of Princess Serimi came from. Analysis of the slab removes one hypothesis. It's normal Pollock, not giant Pollock. That is, that is, it wasn't a normal piece of imitation crab meat and somehow enlarged to a giant size, but is instead made of millions of tons of normal Pollock egg white and other ingredients. However, the Pollock runs are normal and there was no massive theft of eggs, sugar or starches, so the origin of this titanic hors d'oeuvre is a mystery. Horse duvers. <coughs> the, the immediate concern, though, is the ecological disaster that's unfolding. This beach in a region of ocean will soon be a soupy mess of rotting pollock, rendering it uninhabitable for all but microbes for years. Clean up is paramount, so what will a player that characters do? And who is behind this? What evil genius came up with the scheme? Is this a science experiment gone horribly wrong? Again, this is an adventure hook, and the final solution is up to the GM to work out. However, this time I would suggest that using Atomic Robo Fate rules for this. What do you think, sirs? Taz responded to this with to run with that gag ugh, agents of Asso we'll leave it to the players to determine how that's pronounced are approached by Doris Wedgstick Mrs. Mrs. Wedgstick is concerned about her missing stun, son Stanley Stan is one of those fringe science inventors and yes his favourite food is imitation crab investigation of Stan's garage slash laboratory reveals he's been developing transformation technology his journal's last entry simply states, Exciting news, I may have solved world hunger. Searching the premises will uncover several clues. Research notes on recipes for imitation crab, books on molecular biology, an empty storage case for radioactive materials, several large bags of sand, a garbage can with even more rotting imitation crab in it, but no functional machine nor Stanley. The field team back at the beach reports in with more disturbing news. The great slab is growing, and drilling down only reveals more imitation crab. But this is fresher than the higher points of the mound. Hey, Doc, what's the half-life of plutonium? Yeah, about 24,000 years. Okay, so this is um, sunny with a chance of meatballs, but with just imitation crab. Yep. Was it cloudy with a chance of meatballs? Yeah. Cloudy with a chance of meatballs. That is, that is terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> John responds with that sparks the question wait is it radioactive which then made me think of something that I didn't actually want to be thinking of uh, and, and caused the response the idea of a grey goo scenario using a steadily expanding lump of imitation crab is horrific that's kind of like pink and white striped goo but yes hmm. um, John responded with also, Toss Premise is a bit like plot to Shin Godzilla. Spoilers, Stanley wants to end world hunger with cloned imitation crab. Only he messed up a bit. Now it's a now it's a giant blob of crab tumour growing out of control. And I finish the thread off with Yeah, crab tumour is definitely a phrase I want in my head. Rocks back and forth with thousand yard stare. I would like to point out that John's response to this was to post a gif from the movie Moana of Maui saying, What can I say? You're welcome. Yep. So, um, there's a lot to unpack here. Most of it <laughs> awful. Um, but it functions as it does with many of, I mean, with, with additional um, filigrees of, of horror <laughs> attached to it. But it, it's, yeah, figure out where the crab bird came from. 
go. Mm. <laughs> I mean, especially with Atomic Robo and the, the brainstorming mechanic within there, you could literally drop this one on the uh, on the player characters, have them do their various bits of research and, and, and spitballing to come up with how this works, at which point they've just written your scenario for you. Pretty much. That, that's the ideal outcome, I feel. Yeah. For the extremely lazy GM, yes. Yes, it is. Yeah. That's it, going to be a poser, though, the dealing with the, the Mega Crab Mound, and it's just incredible environmental impacts. I mean, a an iceberg of pure spring water would have devastating consequences. <laughs> a possibly radioactively scented expanding lump of decaying crab meat would yeah just this is just horrifying yeah i mean i know i'm thinking it that somewhere in the middle of that is stanley's test machine mm. with the uh yeah powered by the the radioactive uh radioactive material hopefully he's got a big air supply because he is going to need it because he's trapped in the middle of this gigantic crab mound that's just kind of being extruded all the time from his machine. Hmm. Yes. Either that, or if they, they start looking somewhere out there, they're going to find a smaller crab lump that's broken off the thing with a somewhat morose Stanley sitting on top of it and realizing that he is actually sick of imitation crab at this point. <laughs> and also seagulls. <laughs> Very sick of seagulls. I would also be remiss if, well, I I feel as a GM, if I was running this, I would be remiss if I did not try to to bring in the um, the famous exploding whale incident. Yep, that's that's definitely a touchstone. I, I for some reason I thought you would you was you was going to say you were going to be remiss if you would if you'd not put the um, air conditioning in the room up to high and open a couple of cans of cat food. Wow! Oh, that would be so nasty. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to make this an immersive experience, so here's a can of Sir Thrumming. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah. I don't know if the I don't know if it'd be authentic, but it would be compelling. <laughs> I think it'd be yeah, and that's how I got thrown out of Gen Con, boys and girls. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Fire a window. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, those cobblestones are not as soft as they look. <laughs> I, I'm just imagining sort of doing all of this, especially if you're going with the, the atomic robo approach and you're, you're trying to solve it. Meanwhile, various aspects of the Australian areas of the Australian military, or possibly some other militaries, have gotten inexplicable access to nuclear weapons and have simply decided that the logical thing to do is to drill bombs into this slab and just vaporize the entire thing in one 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 titanic blast that will mm. definitely work yes <laughs> it definitely won't promote even more radioactive crab meat expansion that that would that's not conceivably an outcome at all no no it will not <laughs> okay i'm now just imagining that um the movie evolution where the military involvement makes it so much worse and they end up with the enormous creature that's kind of marching across the landscape. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, except it's made entirely out of imitation crab. Yes, or the um, the the classic Cold War science fiction 
on the beach, but you know, who is that? Neil Neville Shoot, I believe. Neville Shoot, yeah, but probably as far as away from the beach as humanly possible would be a better title. <laughs> mm. Oh, oh, that's a terrible idea. <laughs> oh, just imagine if the thing could only, if for whatever reason this thing could only grow. Ah, ah, why did I do that? Um, if this thing could only grow in a marine environment for whatever mm. reason, magic, presumably. Mm. I'm just imagining the circumstance where it can only grow, you know, it can't grow inland, it can't go too far offshore, and so it's just kind of extending outwards and up. Mm. And so you're eventually going to get this border around Australia of rotting crab meat. Ah. Oh. Yeah, that's, that's... Of all the fates one would wish on any place, though, that is not one I would choose. Yeah, that is that is not high on the list. At all. Do not sign me up for that one. Yeah. Well, thank you, John. That was <laughs> repellent, but yeah. impressive. Hilarious. <laughs> nice. Um, that, that's fantastic. Yeah, I, Atomic Robo Brainstorm is just written for this sort of crap. Mm. So... I don't know whether Stanley is the mad is the mad genius, the demented genius, dead, crushed under millions of tons of imitation crab at the centre of his own creation, yeah, sitting in a little rubber raft morosely because uh, you know the emergency services are too busy and, and, and haven't picked up the uh, the beacon yet. Oh, maybe, oh. maybe clinging, uh, clinging desperately to the side of the machine, somewhere approaching the stratosphere as the um, it mm. continues to hose out more um, <laughs> imitation crab. I am also imagining, uh, just just for the, the the terrible ideas thing of, you know, they've identified that somewhere at the bottom, like right at the bottom of this, there is the machine that's extruding these things. Oh, and you have um, to go and turn it off. Yeah, yeah, they have to get to it. So it's basically the core, but with crab meat. <laughs> Yeah, a little bit the core, a little bit fantastic voyage, but worse. Yeah, <laughs> so much worse. Yikes! Okay, <laughs> that's cool. terrible. Right, I, I love it so much. Um, <laughs> I think I've thought about that enough. <laughs> Man, I thought, I, and I wasn't a fan of seafood before. <laughs> right. Okay. Thank, thank you so much for that, John. You have brought a evil, malevolent smile to my face. The the sea and all its terrors. Seriously. Mm. <laughs> I'm, I'm just liking the idea that as they dig through, they find various things. Like, yeah, here's a bubble of seawater with some very confused sharks in it. Yeah. Here's a deep one who really just wants that. What's out? <laughs> Pointing <laughs> at, a, at a, a stone tablet, which is clearly a calendar, with, with exasperated, <laughs> indignant, this wasn't supposed to happen today yeah. <laughs> emotions. Mm. Yes, it turns out that, uh, yeah, deep ones can communicate what the shit is this with a shrug. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Alrighty. <laughs> okay, so. I was briefly considering for, just as a bit of a, a cast back to episode 151, for the uh, Game of Thrones with Gnomes. Game of Gnomes? Oh, no, Game of Gnomes. That. Game of Gnomes. That uh, an ideal Warring Kingdoms thing would be uh, the, the Apocalypse World based game, The Sword, The Crown, and The Unspeakable Power, which is very literally that sort of medieval, horrible people bullshit, which is definitely a um, good notion. Also, I recently got my hands on Shinobi Gami, which is a ninjas in the in the modern world 
Japanese role-playing game translated in, into English. Ooh, that runs on secrets. There are there is basically people meet, they fight. The fights are very much flashy anime. Look what I can do stuff. But you know, they can do cool stuff. But the uncovering secrets and, and so forth is how the plots advance. So that would work very mm. nicely with my the town is aflame. But we've resolved our personal differences game. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Hmm, so that would be the, so. Those were things I should have thought of last, like a month and a half ago. <laughs> hmm. So, good stuff. And lastly, we have we we had a couple of suggestions for Leroy's missing hedge veg, um, episode one fifty one, from former couch tears Kevin and Tonya, alumni, as it were. Alum, yeah, alumni. Yes, graduates. <laughs> Yes. They have moved that's on. very appropriate. <laughs> the Ascended... Okay, that's getting a weird bit. Um, so, yes. Suggestions for uh, Leroy's missing um, hedge veg. So, Kev suggests... A closed room mystery on a ship or a spaceship. How is produce going missing from hydroponics? Hmm. Yep. Solid. Yep. yep. Lots of... <laughs> Lots of awkward, depending on the situation, lots of awkward awkward questions to answer there. Mm. And it puts, puts me in mind of the movie Cargo, which, yeah, it's a spaceship one, where you've got, yeah, most, most of the crew is in hibernation and there's one person awake at any given time, and then this person starts to think that she's not the only one moving around on this spaceship. Hmm. So, you know, if you're, if you're in that circumstance where you do it, you're doing your six-month ship of monitoring the, the the buttons and the dials and then you notice that produce is going missing from hydroponics and you're the only one on the ship what happens now naturally you'd be concerned <laughs> indeed or if you follow certain um specific communities on reddit you'd be checking the carbon monoxide detectors that's fair too yes yeah. <laughs> but yes you could do you could do a nice creepy game i mean you can still use that you could do a nice creepy game where it turns out you are the one who is Taking the vegetables, quite why you're not remembering it is an exercise for the uh, for the GM, and you can have you, you can actually have a bit of fun with that one. Of you know, there is somebody else on the ship. It's you. It's a bit Fight Club, my own worst enemy. I grant you, but um, still, yes, maybe there is some sort of backup system to ensure that the uh, that the that the people who are awake don't go completely spare that they're running on some sort of autonomous systems or have been partitioned off. Mm. It takes me back to the, the novel Blindsight again, where they have a number of um, neurologically uh, diverse folks in various ways. So people huh. with, synth- with like synesthesia or mechanical or, uh, uh, or mechanical memories or uh, gestalt minds and so forth. Fascinating book. Really, really quite a, quite a br- uh, brain buster, that one. I've never read it. I probably should. Let me quickly check the thing, because I am bad at remembering the names of others. Peter Watts, I believe. Yes, Peter Watts. Well done. Uh, He talked at a convention I was at, mostly about his experiences of getting very arrested at the US-Canadian border. Hmm. That happens to a lot of folks. Certainly folks going to conventions. Sometimes it can be quite difficult to explain, uh, depending on the type of convention. Whenever I'm going to the US, I always 
when I say I'm going to a convention, I I, I never say a gaming convention because some people mm. interpret that as poker. Yep. It's always a board game, card game, role-playing game convention. Just to make sure that nobody gets the wrong idea. I say plumbing, for crap's sake. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's also a certain amount of, yeah, let's just bore them into oblivion. But um, only once have I ever been asked whether it's vocational. Vocational? You sh- you, they used those exact words? Uh, no, they were, I think it was, is this, uh, is this... Yeah, is this a job? Yeah, is this job related? Yeah, is this related to your work? Only once have I ever been asked that one. So the the old business or pleasure? Pretty much, yeah. I think if it was business related, I haven't checked into the the specifics. I think there are certain circumstances in which a visa waiver is okay for the US, and it's business related. But there are other circumstances where it's really, really not okay. Uh, mostly to do with are you going to make any money off this? I think. Yeah, and, and the whole thing of asking you so enough questions that you might eventually slip up. Yeah, I, I have had that one happen. Well, I, I, I can report that when you tell the nice um, immigration official that you're going to be in the US for nearly three months and that your occupation is unemployed, they don't like that. So I, I got the full on sort of ask a question, leave a long pause to see if I'll get nervous and fill in, change the topic, interrupt me. Part. It was basically, is this person running a script and can we break it hmm. fortunately hey middle class white guy privilege to the rescue <clears throat> yeah so uh yes yeah, so there's that one um tonya suggests for leroy's missing hedge veg animal heist peter rabbit and friends getting at the hedge veg so effectively guy Ritchie's peter rabbit doing oceans 11 or maybe leverage nothing wrong with that absolutely <laughs> yeah yes you know Beat- beatrice potter but with, you know, criminal guy accents and um, demeanours. Oh, yeah. Very nice. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure who the funniest character to deliver the... Now, do you understand? Because if you don't, I'll kill you. Uh, sort of riff is. I could say Rory Breakers being a hedgehog, maybe. Yeah. I mean, or, or just for comedy value, like some sort of tiny dormouse or something. But <laughs> <laughs> it's terrifying. <laughs> but yeah, absolutely terrifying. Yeah. And the idea of a door, yeah. Or maybe, yeah, a, a fox sort of delivering the line of Nemesis, an agent of retribution. Um, <laughs> um, I think the difficulty with that one would not be just blatantly ripping off Guy Ritchie London criminal movies. Um, if, it, if, it's, if it's in fun and that's in the theme, that doesn't sound like yeah. a big problem. <laughs> uh, and the other one, which feels unwholesome, is... Veggie Tales closed room murder mystery. As I understand, Veggie Tales got considerably more secular as it went on, so I'm sure this is just a normal part of the trajectory. Wow! <laughs> and they did even even when they started out, they did lots of funny spoofs of stuff. I mean, they may have done a murder mystery, but the idea is the um, wholesome parable laden vegetables do like Poirot or something. It'd be fun, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm for some reason just imagining it in sort of black and white film noir style. But with CGI vegetables. Yes. I, the, the, when, they, when they find like, like the, the, the third victim or something, this, this thing it, it escalates violently. I am afraid this is no longer a double vegicide. What we are dealing with here is a salad. 
But that potentially allows them to get out ahead of the killer if they can figure out what sort of salad they're making. Mm, indeed, indeed. They know who the next target is. Mm. And it is possibly uh, we'll, we'll limit, we'll, we'll cut down, as it were, the list of suspects. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Could yeah. get very dark, though, as, as it doesn't need really to be stated, but, you know. <laughs> I mean, the idea of using something like gumshoe for this, um, to just sort of do a um, an utterly... You know, an utterly serious criminal investigation that is also deeply, deeply stupid. Yeah. Mm. I like it. Yeah. It sounds like fun. All right. And that brings us to the end of what we will laughably call content for this episode. Indeed. It's been... I think we've run out of seafood puns. Yay! <laughs> In that case, I'm just going to go, it's been emotional. It's, it has. <laughs> This leaves us only with uh, the, the, the remaining two things. To announce the triumphant and landslide winner of the prompt for episode 154 with a astonishing and, at this point in time, let's face it, highly suspicious <laughs> five votes for Drab Majesty. It is statistically unlikely. I'm not sure that they have that many... The, the band has that many fans. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm pretty damn sure we don't. Yeah. So yes, we are pushing the the bounds of um, plausibility. Indeed. Electoral College is going to look very closely at this, by which I mean I added it up again just to make sure. Oh, nice. All right. And that takes us through to the poll options for episode 155. How did we get that many episodes? It doesn't make any sense. So we have perennial non-favorite VIP Zealot, laser-plated hero, a carefully articulated curse against the common man. And new arrival, Happy Campers Adventures. So that was our show. We hope you enjoyed it. We hope 2021 treats us all a little bit better. I don't yes. think we can really blame 2020 for everything that went on. I think we can blame a lot of things, but the actual year, it's probably not its fault. The actual year is not the year's own fault. Wow, I'm gonna. That's gonna keep me up nights. Um, but <laughs> yes, this this the arbitrary cessation of that numbering of dates didn't really have so much to do, except to how we catalog things as we go forward. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Hopefully, we will all listen to the warnings of that confused time traveler, and and things will get better, and we can leave 2020 behind us. Indeed. So take care, everybody. Uh, we'll catch you next time. See ya. Want to hear more of our shenanigans? Then go to hoarde.net and click on the button that looks like a couch. The Big Red Couch is released under Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 3.0 Unported from creativecommons.org. All music on the show comes from the album Universal Fluff Theory by Krakatoa. Visit them at krakatoa.com or follow the link from our page. See you next time.